Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the After School Dawah podcast. So, we're not in our usual setup today. We're online right now because we have a very special guest with us. So, this brother, he's from an organization called My Taskia, right? Did I say that right, Saad? Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And essentially, this organization, they deal, they help Muslims with addictions, including pornography addiction. And that's going to be the main topic of today's discussion because, as everyone is aware of, and I hope, and I do pray that a lot of young people watch this video and benefit from it because we know how much of a problem this is in society today. Is, you know, if you consider it like, let's say, for example, alcohol or other forms of drugs in it that you can get addicted to, you know, there's there's at least like, you know, you have to buy it. You know, there's like, yeah. you know, there's barriers to barriers, getting it. Yeah, right. You know, now when it comes to, let's say, porn, it is available so easily online, it is just there. And it's very easy to get to. Um, so, you know, a lot of young people, are, you know, they're, they're exposed to it very early on, you know. So, inshallah, in today's discussion, we're going to be tackling this issue. Is porn really bad? You know, we're going to be talking about... I think that one's obvious. <laughs> it's, it's obvious, but you know, honestly, you need to talk about this. Actually, yeah, true. Some people... Yeah, yeah. Is porn really bad? Can you get addicted to it? You know, how do people get addicted to it and how do we get out of it? So, inshallah, we have Brother Faisal here with us today. Assalamu alaikum, Faisal. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Are you okay? Alhamdulillah. 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 So, the first question is I wanted to just get to know you a little bit better. So, you're a part of the organization. What is it that you do, Brother Faisal? Yeah, so uh, basically, I have a uh, background in um, youth work as a previously a youth worker and uh, currently i'm a coach and co-founder of Mataskia. so um, i used to work with uh, three active young people um, helping them to recover from drug and alcohol addiction and uh, as time went on this problem uh, was uh, coming up a lot within muslim youth reaching out to us about these issues of pornography you know whether it was online forums or in uni and you know other circles so that's when um, we decided to open up my desk here. Yeah, we thought, you know, we have to put ourselves out there and deal with this problem, um, right? You know, because um, we have to talk about it. Someone has to talk about it. And it's difficult. Obviously, it's not easy topics to talk about. And it's easier to brush it under the carpet. Um, and a lot of uh, us within the Muslim community, Muslim leaders are shying away from these topics. But alhamdulillah, Allah allowed us to uh, create that platform of my desk here. And then we found like-minded individuals, some therapists, uh, we have some uh, psychotherapists, some other coaches that kind of specialised in uh, porn addiction recovery. And that's how we built the team. Alhamdulillah, we've been helping individuals, brothers and sisters, and getting good re- results by the will of Allah. Alhamdulillah. And how long, how long do you say it's been? How long have you been doing this for now? So I've been involved in addiction recovery work since 2009-10. Uh, but my Tazkia was um, started in like 2017-18. Yeah. All right. So it's quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, we've been active. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So you wanna, do you wanna just get straight into some questions that we have for you? you yeah, inshallah. We can start off however you wanna go. You know, I can talk a bit about it. You guys can uh, throw me some questions. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Inshallah. Yeah, so let's let's get straight into it. So, you know, you mentioned um, 
like you know other other sorts of addictions right um like you said drug addiction yes and now we're here within about you know, porn addiction i wanted to ask why is it that might ask here why is there such a big priority for them to be dealing with this issue why is it a priority for you guys because it's become an p- epidemic right yeah. and um, it's a big problem right and the, the amount of inquiries we get the amount of individuals we get um messaging us about issues with pornography addiction you know people are going through depression anxiety uh, stress marriage is breaking down uh, brothers going ahead to commit zina visiting escorts and uh, many stories as well you know some of the things that inspired me i remember uh, hearing a story of a sister online she said she found out her husband was watching pornography and uh, she just wanted to go out drive the car Uh, into a tree and you know basically she was suicidal because of that issue um lately another sister mentioned it was on twitter that um her husband she found out about his addiction and so on and then he got into counseling so things seemed to be heading in the right direction but whilst he was getting that counseling unfortunately he wasn't taking it seriously and um in that period apparently he visited a hundred escorts you know slept with a hundred women and how she found out initially was she basically contracted an std right and that's when she found out okay something's wrong here another story recently from a brother from another organization uh, the wife was mentioning that her husband has to watch this material for about half an hour in order to get intimate with her right so it's causing serious issues within our communities you know muslim non-muslim unfortunately we're not free from it because internet is everywhere social media is everywhere and this is one of the most powerful human emotions we're dealing with and like uh, one of our therapists a recent podcast we had with an organization called inspirited minds he said that uh, what it is that this is becoming a gateway for a lot of individuals as you mentioned in your islamic primary school these you know this was normalized and it's becoming like a gateway to masculinity or femininity is becoming a way uh, for peer bonding right you know this is how individuals are learning is becoming their sex education and then this is what is going ahead and destroying lives marriages because an individual wants to become hooked onto this material and become addicted they become bonded to these images and videos online right they get they become bonded to these pixels but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has built these parts of the brain for us to bond with our spouses for us to procreate for instance the um hormone dopamine right it's um something you know it's a survival hormone it gives us feelings of pleasure drive you know other reward kind of um, circuits in our brains other chemicals related to this serotonin dopamine norepinephrine all these things uh, give us uh, drive and motivation right so now whatever we consume these neurotransmitters in the brain start to get us hooked they want more and more of it and that's what's happening individuals now they're going through so how the addiction develops people may be going through things in in childhood uh, they may have gone through physical abuse trauma difficult childhood difficult time <laughs> at uh, at school you know bullying exam stress whatever it is they've gone through some things and now they've seen they've gone online and they've seen this explicit pop up 
right? And this is something I want to touch on, the prevention aspect, how we should talk to our children about these things. Because most of our clients say this is how they were introduced to this, a pop-up while they were innocently surfing the web. So this pop-up comes and then they click it. And again, this is, you know, something inbuilt within us. It's natural sexual desire, but this is a perversion of that, right? So they'll click on this pop-up and then they'll see, and now these images and videos are giving them feelings of hype. Yeah, and now they, but they're going through these low times in their life, right? So they're seeing this high that is giving them this escape from the problems at home, problems at school. And whenever they are feeling down, where is their brain going to direct them? It will direct them towards that high. So this is how the addiction starts and develops. And now the, when once it becomes a, once it becomes an addiction they become bonded to this. And then later on in life, when they need to get married, you know, they find it very hard to transition from the pornography to their spouse. And that's when problems occur. You know, that's one issue. There will be issues in marriage uh, on a physical level. We get a lot of those complaints from brothers and sisters. Issues with intimacy. But more serious than the physical issues are the mental and emotional issues. Because an addict becomes emotionally underdeveloped you know once a person uses an addiction to escape life and life problems they stop dealing with life and the stresses and the day-to-day things that are coming at them they stop dealing with it so they stop developing emotionally <laughs> so now a lot of addicts yeah, they lack emotional intelligence and that is the more serious problems that affect individuals when they go on in life when they get to college university in marriage because they're used to the escapism. They're used to going towards their drug every time they feel stressful, every time they feel anxious, irritable, stressed, they'll turn to pornography. And then because they're playing around with these, those reward pathways in the brain, there'll also be other relative issues, you know, caffeine addiction, sugar addiction, music. Unfortunately, again, you know, the brother, um, touching on what the brother said, why we focus on this, brothers have mentioned that they have turned to cigarettes to escape this. You know, some brothers, I'm dealing with smoking weed at the same time. Um, and other ind- individuals going, you know, th- because there's that tolerance aspect, they're wanting more and more. And this addiction <laughs> has taken to very, um, you know, dark places, subhanAllah. So this is why, alhamdulillah, it's, it's, it's hard work, it's not easy, but, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has... Um, it's guiding yeah. us. I have a question then. In in that in that case, you know, we've identified the problem, the problem being, you know, the the mass um, mass promotion of pornography, uh, mm-hmm. and how it affects uh, the mind over time, and also uh, like you mentioned, marital relationships, which I, I want to touch on later. But just briefly now, can you explain like the the method my Tuskia uses specifically to because you know how you've described it, it almost seems like an unsolvable problem. Like it's going to happen no matter what, really, uh, because of the country we live in, because of the times we live in, um, and not to bash the country or you know the the people, but you know it is it is what it is. The environment we live in, it's been become normalized, like Muhammad mentioned before. Um, so how does my Tuskia then help solve this problem? You know, before then, before then, yeah. because I want to go into like solutions a bit more in the end, isn't it? Yeah, I think you know? um, um, later on. Let, let's talk about it being a problem a little bit more, because genuinely there are going to be people listening to this episode right now, thinking in their head, is it really a that, that big that of a one, yeah. that big of a deal? Isn't it? 
you know, like we mentioned, normalizing it. Um, you, Faisal, you mentioned like, um, you know, that it is almost like a natural instinct that we have, but is perverted in a way when it comes to porn. What do you mean by that? So what we say with addiction, there's lust involved, right? And this is a question sometimes I've asked brothers, are you willing to give up lust? <laughs> and a lot of us get lust confused with natural sexual desire. So natural sexual desire, there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's inbuilt within us. It obviously drives us to procreate and get married and, 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 and you know, uh, basically carry on life, in other words. But lust is going above and beyond that. Right, so pornography is a perfect example of lust, yeah, and playing with that natural sexual desire because a lot of people um, will be able to tame that sexual desire, right? They'll be able to transmute that sexual energy and use dopamine substitution, and basically they may fall fall short as well, right? As haram as it is, as destructive as this problem is, some people may come across pornography, they may struggle struggle with masturbation, and they get married, and it's over. Right, that's the end of it. But then you have the you haven't you have the addict who cannot give this up. They're in a very dark place. And I would say, I mean, there are tests online that you can do to find out, you know, if you have an addiction. Uh, but sometimes I think it is very simple. Like an alcoholic described, he goes, if you want to find out if you're an alcoholic, just go to the bar and drink one glass of alcohol, uh, vodka, whatever it is, and come out. If you can do that, maybe you're not, you're not an addict. With an addict, you know, they cannot stop and they lose control over the addiction. So a lot of people that come to our program, I mean, it's not easy to reach out as well. There's a lot of denial, a lot of lack of acceptance. It takes people years and years of trying to hide and not accept it. And then they come to the realization, they actually reach out. And that's very hard. So the people who reach out to us, they definitely have an addiction. Otherwise, they won't take that step. I was I was gonna say so at the end of the day it is a real um you know physical not just physical but on all levels an addiction because you can hear oftentimes people will be like you know I only watch it sometimes or you know it's just when I feel like I can control it all the, all these kind of excuses but at the end of the day that's not the case is it yeah or even yeah, like for example let's say with drugs drugs is a substance yeah people think the addiction they think that is something that you take. Mm. like even caffeine or cigarettes or anything but when it comes to like pornography the way you're consuming it is different it's you're mm -hmm. watching something mm. so they usually don't associate you know, it with so, yeah. an addiction or say uh, as serious of an addiction as other things that mm. substances yeah because that's like uh, external addiction in it you know you have to take time for it to develop but this is something within us and that's why a lot of youngsters uh, I used to deal with, they would be smoking weed and they say, I can stop this any day. Mm. But today they're like in their 30s and still taking that drug. You know, individuals that uh, would have gone on to achieve a lot in life, but just smoking weed has stopped them from so much things because they're in denial. And that's the first thing to, in recovery, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, sex addiction. The first thing, is accepting you have a problem, right? Otherwise, you're never going to go on to find a solution. You know, whatever you resist, it'll persist. Whatever you accept, you'll go beyond. So you have to start off by accepting you have a problem. And that's a brave step for a lot of individuals because you're ready to face the inner demons. You're ready to face this part of yourself and find a solution.
Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of people in it. They say like, oh, yeah, I'll wa- I, you know, I'll watch porn now. You know, I'll indulge in this for now because I'm not married right now. I don't have an outlet, for example, in it. You know, but once I get married, I'll quit. Once I get married, you know, I mm-hmm. won't need this anymore. You know, this is just going to be something I use temporarily for now, up until I get married. You know, yeah. what, what do you think of that? Yeah, it's all justification because you're dealing with those part of the parts of the brain that are basically, you know, willpower. It said that willpower is comes from the same part of the brain where the addiction lives, right? You know, places where these neurotransmitters are released, dopamine, serotonin, uh, as I mentioned, norepinephrine, the prefrontal cortex, amygdala. I believe a lot of addiction, a lot of our addictions live in these parts of the brain, uh, the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. So these are parts of the brain where one, one part is responsible for the thought processes and the other part processes the thoughts into emotions, right? So like, you know, an emotion cannot come into existence without a thought process. There's always a preceding thought. So if we are feeling a certain way, there's always a thought that led us to feel that way. If we are feeling anxious, stressed, depressed it's always a thought process yeah that has got us to that emotion and that's conditioning basically so you know when we deal with addicts and we try to help them recover with counseling and therapy work that's what we're dealing with what are their thought processes mm. you know what are their behavior patterns how are they reacting to life uh, and even you know the relapses right you know being mindful when you when you have the urge to watch pornography when that addict you know a person uh, taking drugs has the urge to take drugs when someone smoking cigarettes has the urge to smoke a cigarette just slow down the process there's always a process taking place and what we want to do is slow down that process and just become mindful of how you are feeling what's going on inside of you and people will realize that it's stress for some it's stress um for some, it's irritability, anger, resentments. And then they can, you know, kind of backtrack and put the piece of the puzzle together. Like, you know, these are some things that we recommend that if you have relapses or your previous relapses, you can even journal it to get it on paper and find out what are the patterns, right? What happened minutes before you went and watched the pornography? What happened hours before? Maybe even days before. And it's always reasons right because the problem is not the acting out the problem is not the drug the pornography the acting out the escorts that's not the problem in my tesquia we don't focus on that because that's a symptom right we want to focus on the process that has led to the sin you know it's more important to focus on the process than the sin because if you can deal with the process and remove that you remove the sin so we focus on the acting in we say the problem is not the acting out Problem is the acting in. The problem is not the drug of choice. The problem is the pain. Why is the pain there? Where is the pain coming from? And you see, youngsters won't realize this because when we're young, it reminds me of a story, I think it's on our blog page, one brother. He mentioned that he goes, he knew, he always knew this was a serious problem for him, the pornography and the lust addiction. But he goes, I was good at, you know, I was more resilient basically when I was younger. I was good at, just hiding my emotions and getting on with life, right? You know, the because the, we have that fitrah, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us with that natural disposition. 
So we know when we do something right, we know this is right. We feel good about it. When we do something wrong, we know this is wrong. And, you know, we feel unease. It's not aligning with our moral values. But we ignore it. And, you know, we just hide it and bottle up our emotion and feeling and go on. But this catches up with a lot of people later on in life, in marriage and so on. So I believe a lot of people that say, I'll, I'll, I'll start watching pornography, they're in denial. Because, again, addictive parts of the brain, they will make all kind of excuses and justifications in order to get the drug. They just want the drug. It's like someone giving up. You know, when I say uh, addiction, people may think of drugs, alcohol, uh, sex addiction, gambling. But we all suffer from addictions, right? And I'll talk about it in another way. Caffeine addiction, sugar addiction, food addiction, social media addiction. So we can all relate to addiction in one way or another, you know. So I guess we can all kind of think back of a time where we tried to give up sugar, where we tried to give up caffeine. And how hard was it? The brain made up so many justifications, like this is not a serious problem. This is not like weed. This is not alcohol. This is just tea. I'm just, I'm just addicted to coffee. I'm not even addicted to it. I can give it up. But that's, you know, there's deeper issues going on there. You know, the brain just wants this dopamine hit. And it'll do whatever it can. So this is why a lot of people, you know, the brain is just playing games with them. The inner addict is playing games with them to keep them hooked on the weed, to keep them hooked on the pornography. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like instant gratification, isn't it? At the end of the day, yeah. you know. And the thing is, once you, I think once they succumb to this, you know, desire, whatever it is, you know, the addiction, there's kind of this internal argument in their head that kind of overpowers them. And so the next time it comes along, it will just be even easier and easier to overcome yeah. that essentially their willpower or like self-worth diminishes and the you know the other side gets stronger and it just becomes yeah. time yeah but you did mention that um a while ago and then towards the start where you know as they're growing up like kids especially are exposed to it um what aspects could you like delve more into that and you know say what what do you think is triggering it or bringing these thoughts into like kids heads growing up because you know it might be that a lot of the people that you've worked with let's say you might have seen that it's been a long, long going, you know, long term problem for them. Maybe it's not. It's not definitely not something new <clears throat> for a lot of people. Um. So, what what kind of aspects do you think play into that? Like growing so, up, the door. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's some things I want to advise individuals who are watching this. that some actions we can take for prevention, right? Because prevention is okay. better than cure, and our dean is about prevention. But the issue is, um, I always describe addiction like an iceberg. Yeah, I say the tip of the iceberg you can see is above the waters, and that's the problem. As I was describing, pornography, acting out, drugs, alcohol—that's the things that are visible on a conscious level. But the problem is on a subconscious level, right? If we look at the iceberg, majority of it is beneath the waters, right? So the problem is beneath the waters, something that we can't see. With the naked eye, we can't see it because it's on a subconscious level, and those are mental health issues, uh, stress, anxiety, depression, PTSD, childhood trauma, physical uh, abuse, sexual abuse. So there, there could be like a variety of issues. Some people think that I'm going to go to a counselor and find out one specific trauma that I suffered, and I'm going to recover from it. That isn't normally the case. Is a variety of issues that creates our conditioning, right? How we see the world, how we view the world, how we respond to stress, 
you know, our stress response, um, how we deal with mm-hmm. difficult situations, how resilient we are. And that directly ties in with our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, we believe there's two underlying causes for this addiction. Number one is, uh, you know, the underlying mental health issues. And number two, a distorted relationship with Allah. And these are the two things we work on and maybe uh, other recovery programs work on. So these are like, things that are going on with uh, individuals. But um, on that note, I also want to advise everyone, because I try to do this whenever we do some podcast outreach work, uh, is to, you know, the aspects of prevention where everyone who's watching this, you know, let's put a deadline, maybe not by tonight or my, hopefully by tomorrow night, try to get filters installed. And I know they're not the whole solution. You know, we're in this field, but they're a big part of the solution. They could save the future generation. So get filters installed in your houses. Um, you can start off with your internet provider. So you can call the internet provider, talk to your parents, tell them you watch this podcast where, you know, someone from Mataskia, Musa from Mataskia was advising this and to protect everyone in the house, children and so on. Right. Talk, get comfortable with your parents about this to protect yourself. You know, be serious about this. And parents, you can do this today, inshallah. So go on to your internet provider account online and block all adult content. Right. And you know better how to do that, inshallah. All the guidance is there. But number two, we want multi-layer protection. Number two, get um, these uh, basically filter apps. One of the, there's a few, we've got it on our website. If you go to our website, uh, menu resources, we've got uh, a list of uh, filters. So the, the menu tab is filters. And we've got a list of filters that one of the brothers have com- compiled. Um, one of them is Custodio. Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O-D-I-O. And that's like, you know, you can get a parent app, which the parents can have, and then you get the child app, and you can install that on all devices in your home. I have it in my house. We install it on the children's devices, and then my uh, wife has the parent app, and we can see everything they visit. We have to have that transparency. Um, if they, If anything explicit comes up, it will flag us, right? It will flag our parent app. And then we have a lot of control. We can block certain apps. We can limit time, what time they can use it. We can limit data usage. You can limit apps and all these things. So we need to do that. We need to be serious about this to protect the future of our children. Yeah. And secondly, talk to your children about this. We talk to our children about drugs, about alcohol, about fraud and these kind of issues right we warned them about this but how many of our families do we talk about pornography with our children because they're going to learn about it one way or the other so either you leave it for the internet to teach them and as uh, our therapist mentioned you make it a gateway for them towards masculinity or femininity are are you still with me brothers i think the screen's frozen you know with me yeah? yeah okay yeah, Sorry. so we talk about it. Yeah, either we talk about it to our children or the industry teaches them, you know, this stuff. So you talk to your child. You say, you know, my child, if an explicit pop-up comes up on your screen, are you going to A, click on it? B, are you going to close it? Or C, are you going to come and talk to me about it? And we want to get them comfortable um, towards C. Come to us and talk about it. And, you know, my children, 
they're quite comfortable whenever they see any nudity they'll run they'll be like bah, 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 bah. i saw this woman she's naked or something yeah like in these ads youtube ads and everything so but we have to get them comfortable doing that so we can become involved become involved parents and be like okay then i found out you know because i made them aware of this i realized youtube ads are very dangerous so i have to invest in youtube uh, premium to protect them from that now there's no ads and they don't see this filth likewise um, you know so basically we just want to create a conversation get them comfortable and as we're told even scholars mention we're supposed to give certain amount of sex education to children as young as five teaching them about their private parts you know these are these are you know places where no one should touch them you know no one should basically you shouldn't be naked in front of anyone and these kind of things you know these kind of conversations need to happen inshallah to again protect the future generations from these industries because these industries are very proactive you know brothers they're very proactive and we can no longer be reactive we have to be proactive as as a community uh, to protect them we might not fully um, you know hide this problem or basically just shut down all things that they will come across but at least we can uh, decrease the damage yeah, and that's okay. what we do at my tazkiyah alhamdulillah a lot of brothers get results you know we have brothers with over five years sobriety years of sobriety brothers getting sober getting married alhamdulillah by the will of allah we get results but a lot of brothers struggle as well but they're getting their three months they're getting their six months and that is decreasing the damage that is rewiring their brain that is mm. working their mental muscles and increasing their sobriety, decreasing their addiction. Inshallah, when they get married, that will be the end of it. So this brother will go to the other city, stay there, as he had to obviously paying for hotel, paying for food and so on, until he will feel more settled. Because, you know, lust always passes. The emotions always pass. You just have to ride that wave. So he would come back after, you know, he feels more settled. You know, and, and this is dopamine substitution. See, sometimes you need to take radical measures along with relying on Allah. You have to, you know, we have to tie the camel and we have to take these extreme measures because you see, you have to make recovery more thrilling than the addiction because the addiction, any addiction is very thrilling. It's very exciting. It's destructive, yeah. but exciting and thrilling. So you need to make your life in sobriety more thrilling and exciting than life in addiction. And that's yeah. some things I try to mention as well to brothers when they, uh, you know, start recovery to write down how are you going to enjoy your life for the next six months? One year, how are you going to make recovery more thrilling than the addiction? Write down what you're going to do, right? Are you going to go out with the brothers more? Are you going to go camping? Are you going to go mountain climbing, hiking? Are you going to go, uh, you know, bowling with the boys, the brothers? Are you going to get in touch with sports that you were into? Are you going to start jujitsu? You know, I, I remember one individual mentioning he started jujitsu. And now instead of his brain thinking about lust, he was busy thinking about techniques, you know, choking people, <laughs> looking up YouTube videos. You know, you need to develop a passion, yeah. find a passion, you know, boxing, whatever it is, gym, running, runner's high. You know, a lot of people struggle with nighttime relapsing and they can't go to sleep without relapse. I tell them, a few brothers mentioned this, right? I say, change that whole little time frame in the night before you go to sleep. Yeah, we have accountability partners in our program. So call, have a brother that you call at that time, talk to, you know, obviously starting off with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making dua, reach out to Allah, and then go for a jog around the block. Go for a jog around the block, come back, have a cold shower and go into your bed. You won't feel tempted. You will knock out, inshallah. Right? And run as high as well. You know, going out, 
what do you attempt to? You wake up three in the morning. If you're serious, get out of your bed, go for a run. You know, there's always substitutes. There's always substitutes. But, you know, we need to be serious and start using them, inshallah. But you need to be in an environment, innit, to do these things. You need to be around the right people, the right environment. So you need a support, which is very important. Yeah. Um, so, just just one thing I think before you mentioned and I was actually going to ask for you pretty much already answered it um, about how you know over time you'll lose like willpower or motivation to continue like you know for the first few days you'll probably be like that's it I'm done I'm never doing that again and you know, you'll go sober for a week or so and then eventually it's you know the feeling that dies down yeah. and you know the, the other feelings start coming back in yeah yeah that little motivation yeah. just goes yeah. and you said that what the main solution was to Oh, well, one of the best solutions was submission, having complete submission um, to Allah. Um, how would you describe that more practically? As in, let's say these feelings will come back in and, you know, you've just lost all that drive to to be better. Uh, just uh, as like a quick point, um, how, would you, how would you describe that? So first of all, relapsing. Um, obviously, we don't want relapses, but if they do happen, you got to just change your mindset from... Um, the moral mindset to a disease mindset. Yeah? See it as a disease model. Like I'm yeah. recovering. As the brother was mentioning about Gabriel Romani, he was saying that, you know, you're recovering. I am getting there. Right? They say recovery sometimes is two steps forward, one step backwards. And I'm going to get there. Look at the bigger picture. And uh, with submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? You know, Tawbah is there. As soon as you commit the sin, you make Tawbah. And uh, now I remember a scholar mentioning as well, you have to have firm conviction that Allah's forgiven you. Right? There's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the one who repents from sin is as if though he did not sin in the first place. And um, one uh, another scholar did uh, kind of tasir on this hadith. And he said, if the sin is removed, then the consequences are removed. SubhanAllah. You know, we're dealing with a merciful Lord. So we're not dealing with, uh, you know, the courts, the justice system here in UK or the West, right? Where you do a crime... And it's there, you know, and enhanced DBS closure, disclosure, it will be there for maybe a whole life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes that bad deed and replaces it with a good deed. SubhanAllah, He changes your bad deed and, you know, changes it to a good deed. And if the sin is removed, the consequences are removed if you're sincere in your tawbah and obviously, you know, fulfill the conditions of tawbah and you move forward. And you have to have conviction that Allah's forgiven you. Otherwise, you won't be able to move forward. Hmm. But with regards to submission, with regards to lust, as I said, keeping connected to Allah, staying close to Allah, not allowing that gap to get big. You've slipped up. Okay, you know, you might slip up with a third look, fourth look. Restart your day. Use affirmations. Yeah, Allah, I restart my day. Yeah, you've messed up in the morning. Restart your day in the afternoon. Reconnect with Allah. And, you know, start focusing on your looks. Start focusing on your clicks, your thought process. And even, you know, I did a little reel about this on Insta. I think the last one, where um, I was talking to a brother and I asked him, how is your relationship with Allah? And he said, it's amazing. I read my Quran, I do my adhkar, I read my salah. It's good. And then I asked him, how resilient are you? How, do you? how well are you in responding to tests and trials in your daily life? And he said, I'm not resilient at all. You know, I have this strong conflict to reality. In other words, the qadr of Allah. Because whatever befalls us in our day is the qadr of Allah, good or bad. So we have to become aligned with that and be accepting of that. Because 
that's the relationship with Allah is talking about. Of course, the foundation of the Quran and the you know our our prayers and so on. But beyond that, how often do we talk to Allah? You know, again, some of the things in the third stage, you have a daily routine worksheet. We want a person to look at the daily routine, and in that, we say try to converse with Allah uh, beyond the salah that's God. Try to converse with Allah twice a day when you're coming from work. If you are, if you've had a tough day, start talking to Allah. Yeah, Allah, this is how I feel. You know, I love you. I know you're there for me. Have this relationship. He is our best friend. And the only real and true friend we have, everything else is temporary. Even our own family, our parents, everyone will leave one day. You know, our my, my wife, yeah, may Allah uh, give us all long, happy lives and bless us. But, you know, our wives may get divorced. We may our children may leave us, our parents may leave the dunya, may Allah give them long lives, right? But these things will happen. And the only relationship we have, the you know, the real relationship we have is that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the greatest relationship in the dunya and the akhirah. So we have to really appreciate that relationship and start treating Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a friend, as he describes himself. Mm. Yeah. So talking to Allah and be submitted, right? When we again this takes time, isn't it? You know. Definitely. I would have a huge struggle with this, but we can only advise and try to better ourselves on a daily basis. So what I'm trying to say is this is directly linked to our emotional stability, our emotional intelligence. So we have a car accident. Are we now going into a fit and say, why did this happen? Why did I drive that or down that road? Why did I go to that place that day? Or are we able to say, Qadr Allah wa ma You know, this is a destiny. This is my Qadr. It's happened. Are we able to follow the, the sayings of the Prophet where he said, don't use the words like if, I'm paraphrasing in the hadith, where, you know, this, oh, if this happened or that happened, because the shaitan's work starts. So, you know, we live in the moment. We live one day at a time. We don't live in the past and the future. Are we able to connect with Allah and say, Alhamdulillah, uh, Allah, I am safe. It's my car. You're the provider. You're Razak. You're going to give me. You know, you, you thought this out. I trusted you. Hmm. I'm safe. Alhamdulillah. Or are we going to go down a downward spiral? If we get a ticket, you know, some people will say this could be causes of relapse. They get a penalty charge, you know, it's 60 pounds. And they're overwhelmed now, you know what I mean? And again, what is that? Worrying about risk. But we turn to Ar-Razaq, like he is the provider. This 60 pounds is not going to increase or decrease my risk. Risk is from Allah SWT. You know, little, little things, argument with the wife. Am I able to be humble, you know? Sub submit my ego and you know ask for forgiveness go back to her or am I going to carry this on and then turn to pornography or go and yep. cheat on her or mm. go, go visit her escort to self-soothe so you know we're mm. not using Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as our first um, you know call you know a point where we should go towards but we're using all these other methods so you know it, it takes time but being mindful and aware of that takes us you know it will take us a long way Inshallah. Mm. Inshallah. I, I have one final question before we move on to, you know, finishing off with what my Tuskia does. Um, from, from my side, uh, well, it's, it's less of a question, more of a statement, actually. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a brother I was speaking to recently, and he was saying, you know, in terms of uh, committing a sin, right? Um, you know, one of the requirements of Toba is that um, you're, you're adamant and you're sincere and that you're not going to commit it again. Um, and you know he says he says oh that's so hard to do because you know we know we know we're going to commit again 
Um, but I told him that's not the point, though. The point is in that moment, and like you said, we we live in the moment in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. we're 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 relying upon Allah for the risk in our future, and we don't concern ourselves with the past with these words like if and such and such. Um, but in the in terms of the present is what we we're dealing with, and in the present in that moment, straight after you committed the sin, you know, and you have a firm, you know, commitment, uh, and thought process that you're not going to do this again. Um, and that's what really counts. And that's what I was telling him. It's not. It's not that if you might do it in the future again. That at that time, that possibility isn't a concern. Um, so that that's that's all I wanted to say. So moving yeah. on now, do, Muhammad, do you want to speak about um, uh, next what we should program. finish up on? Yeah, the program. Yeah. Yeah. So firstly, first of Jazakallah khair so much for coming on today. And honestly, like you gave a lot of advice um, and you also spoke to us about, let's say, dopamine and etc. I hope that the people watching, hope they got a better understanding about porn addiction and also a little bit about addictions in general. And also, um, you also gave quite a bit of advice in terms of the practical side of things, you know, a lot of tips on what to do um, or how to prevent um, certain things. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to ask, I guess, um, just to finish this up right now. So inshallah, for the people that are watching and perhaps they are having this issue themselves, I can imagine one hesitancy would be, okay, you know, this is quite quite a shameful thing. You know, maybe I might be a bit hesitant reaching out to a group of brothers about this and essentially exposing to them that I have this issue. You know, so that might be one concern. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, um, if you could maybe talk a little bit about the process or at least the starting process of how it would work. If people were to sign up with you today, how would it work exactly and how closely would you be working with them? So basically, we have two memberships. A monthly membership is almost totally anonymous. You won't have to speak to anyone. You know, you work through the program, the courses there, and you have like uh, groups, you know, like a Skype group that you join and so on. And then there's the coaching. And obviously, inshallah, we try to keep as anonymous as possible. It is an anonymous program. But of course, you then will be speaking to a coach one-to-one. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's very important to reach out. You know, this is not a solo journey. So join a support network, whether it's my Tazkiyah or any other recovery program or counsellor or therapist. You need a mentor and you need to be around people suffering from the same problem as you. And you need that support support network because there's two things to recovery, accountability and awareness. You know, these are the key parts of recovery. You need to be accountable and you need to be aware of what is going on, you know, about the problem and solution and just stay consistent with that. You know, and uh, we try to make it as comfortable as possible for individuals to join. We also have female coaches. We have sisters, you know, we cater for sisters. Um, and when people join the monthly program, there will be, it's basically, it's not one-to-one coaching. It's, you know, an online program where you get a certain amount of guidance, the courses there. And, you know, the whole program is basically there uh, other than the one-to-one coaching from a coach or therapist. That's different from coaching. So that's our program. And uh, I think we talked a lot about the solution, actually. We went through different stages, but the program consists, our program consists of eight stages. Uh, First three stages are orientation stages, just getting people used to changing their whole routine, changing their lifestyle. You know, as I was saying, in addiction, people will see someone dressed up provocatively, they'll see someone on the screen, and then their addictive patterns start. 
second second thoughts and they start you know the ritualization of the addiction cycle and end up acting out so the orientation stages are to change that so you know first stage is the important of reaching out building a network of recovery um and changing the daily routine and you know just given all these tools in order for people to redirect those brain pathways and start the rewiring process so instead of you just following on taking the first look second look you call a brother for instance you have an accountability partner so as soon as you feel tempted the first point of call is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know you make dua to Allah to protect you you know that it's not willpower that is going to get you through this it's Allah then you call your accountability partner you reach out to the brothers group right or you know you start using the other tools the worksheets that we have like dopamine substitution you know going doing exercise exercise is known by uh, people all over the world in the addiction recovery field that is one of the most powerful things to dissolve addiction uh, so using all these tools and resources to redirect those addictive pathways and then it goes on to stage 4 and stage 5 where you know you, you work on developing your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, as we mentioned key concepts of our deen tawakkul tawhid and husnul dhan thinking good of Allah you know changing your whole relationship with Allah or bettering it you know, you know changing it by uh, basically recovering or you know increasing that relationship on a deeper level and um, then there's other stages where we use CBT inspired worksheets like cognitive behavioral therapy kind of work where people can try to deep dive into the underlying causes what are the emotional patterns what are the behavioral patterns um what is their conditioning like you know what are they struggling with what emotions keep surfacing are they struggling with resentment irritability rage stress anxiety and then how they can replace these patterns these emotional um and behavioral patterns and then what's their thought process how they can change that thought process and then another stage is about mindfulness meditation and you know not the meditation like you know we think of what learning to live in the present moment becoming mindful and again mindfulness is very important to slow down that process just when you're struggling and you know you're craving your drug just to become mindful of your body how does your body feel just by you becoming mindful and you focusing on your breathing you know you you'll realize that maybe you know your your blood pressure is high your heart is beating you won't realize these things but only when you're mindful right you know you're you're breathing excessively you know because you're stressed and just by being mindful you'll find out what's going on what is bothering you what's happened and you slow down what's going on inside your body just by breathing you'll be able to maybe calm yourself down and even that could you know reduce the urge significantly because you see what is pornography providing you that's what we need to see what is weed providing you what is cigarettes providing you it's providing you that escape when a person is watching pornography <coughs> acting out when a person is smoking drugs alcohol smoking cigarettes they're in that moment they're not worried they're not in the past they're not in the future they're most likely not stressed anxious they're in the moment they're releasing dopamine and they're in the moment so we want an individual to be able to provide themselves with everything that pornography was providing them minus the haram aspect 
obviously. So mindfulness is very powerful. You see, we, a lot of us Muslims, we look down on mindfulness meditation as soon as we hear it. But we need to work on this. It helps us deal with the waswas. It helps us to be present. Just, you know, being present. And right now, for instance, you know, sometimes uh, I used to coach. I don't do it much anymore, uh, focusing more on managing the program. But coaching, if we just go quiet right now, what can you guys hear right now? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, I've got like a kitchen close by. I can hear my fridge. Oh. But I right. probably never something. thought it. Like, you know, the, 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 the whispers in your head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whispers. Yeah, whispers. Yeah, well, so I think yeah. all of And we may never notice these things. I asked a brother, when was the last time you remember, you know, doing wudu and water going down your hands into the sink? And they'll say, I don't remember. I said, mm -hmm. why? I was thinking of something. I was thinking of work. I was thinking of this. But, you know, we should be more present. We should definitely be more present when we're having a shower. How, how often do we focus on the water, you know, dropping on us or, you know, the smell of the shampoo, the body shower gel, these kind of things. You know, that's our me time. Having a shower is a me time where you should relax and enjoy that because that's what pornography is providing. It's providing that escape from the daily stress and it's to become that me time for an addict. So, you know, becoming mindful. And then the final stage is, is about incorporating all these things in your daily life and continuing it on a daily basis. So, you know, that's basically our program in a nutshell. Shaklakhar um, for your uh, for your input and coming on. Um, there was a lot more I, I wanted to ask, if I'm honest. Uh, but of course, we've already gone about an hour and 20 minutes, I think. Um, yes. So, yeah. yeah. yeah so, Inshallah, we can arrange something else in the future. You know? Inshallah. Yeah, 100%. You know, I feel, I believe, at least at least in the Muslim community, you know, the type of work that you're doing is almost revolutionary. Like, it's it's amazing to see that, you know, there's there's a lot of um uh, you know courses and you know talks on everything out there for the symptoms you know dealing with creating barriers and prevention but on this aspect on this level there's almost nothing you know that i've seen this detail to this level so i think it's honestly amazing because it's definitely needed as someone who studies the brain um and knows all the processes and you know, it, it's, what it's uh, cognitive neuroscience i'm doing my oh, Okay, yeah. so you must know a lot more about this. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, and I just think it's it's amazing that it's finally being addressed to this level. Um, maybe it has been before, but you know, seeing it now and the level has been implemented, it's it's honestly I, I believe it will the work will be you know have huge effects. So may Allah put like Baraka in your work and make it very successful. I mean, you see a lot I mean, of people are with it surface level in it, and it's yeah. about that deeper level work, but it, it can be very taxing. Ikhwan, and please make dua for us because we know it's it. We've been doing it over the years, but Shaitan tries to, you know, infiltrate and you know, stop us or maybe you know, going ahead and these things. But keep us in the du'as. It's very important. It's not easy work though because you see a lot of pain and suffering, you know, on a daily basis, and it could take a toll on you. But just keep us in the du'as, inshallah. The organization, may Allah keep us. Inshallah. And I would also like, I'd say this, and for those that are watching right now. You know, alhamdulillah, like we brought Faisal on right now and we briefly discussed a lot of these things and I asked him about the process as well, how the program works. I hope that this is sort of like, um, you know, makes it easier for you 
you know, less it makes it, you know, less le- less of an unknown type of thing in it going mm-hmm. into this. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I hope that it makes it easier for everyone to actually go and get help. You know, yeah. I know so many people, so many people in it who say that they want to get rid of let's say porn addiction or they want to get rid of this addiction, that addiction, right? But they never do it. And then if you ask them the question, well, did you did you actually go out to get help? They'll be like, most of the time they say no. They watched maybe a few lectures on, you know, on YouTube or something in it, like a Mufti Meng video or this and that, you know, and then they tried it themselves. Unfortunately, they relapse, etc., and get back into it. But when you ask them, did they get help anywhere else? No, mm. they didn't, you know. And like you said, we're not in it alone, you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he didn't create us as, you know, solitary creatures. He created no. us as social creatures. You know, we're meant to help each other. We're meant to be one ummah, you know. So definitely do utilize these guys. Get help from them. You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, if if, I, if I'm ill or something, I'll go to a doctor, you know. If I have an issue with a camera, I'll go to someone who knows everything about cameras. You know, so definitely these brothers seem to have helped a lot of people. So they know they know what they're talking about. So definitely, um, just for coming on. So do you want to? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just my closing thoughts as well on this, very briefly. Um, you know, of course, what Muhammad and Ahmed mentioned about your service and your and your and your commitment to to solving this problem, inshallah, it's it's, a, it's very admirable. Um, and I pray that Allah makes you even more successful and grow even bigger. Um, in the future, inshallah, and help more people, more um, and, and bring more benefit. Um, just um, I, I wanted to mention one thing. One funny thing I heard about the mindfulness thing you mentioned before, which is that I don't know. I don't know where I heard it, but I remember you know when uh, someone was saying that when you get addicted to porn, pornography or anything, really, you lose that mindfulness, like you said. And then when you get off it, you start re- you, you start getting it back. And so the brother was mentioning that basically when people, you know, uh, they they get off pornography. While they're married, and and then they get married, or they're in a relationship, let's say a spouse relationship, they actually start realizing that their spouse looks a certain way. And the brother was mentioning, you know, brothers will start realizing that this, this my my wife actually has beautiful eyes. She actually has, you know, uh, she speaks softly. She she they actually start noticing the 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 qualities about uh their spouse that Allah has kind of beautified for them naturally uh, with with the uh, with, with, with the alignment with their fitrah. But because they've been so, you know, trapped in this virtual kind of fake world, um, mm-hmm. all they've learned to appreciate is the, the fakeness um, and the virtual reality. So definitely, I think in terms of what you guys provide in, you know, in terms of the psychological aspect and also the spiritual aspect, uh, the combination works really well. Um, and it's, it's both... Are needed to guide someone towards healing um you can't just tell someone make dua all day and do your athkar um without taking any of the means that's not how it works and also you can't just tell someone you know learn about psychology and how how much it affects you without you know with the athkar and the dua as well they both work hand in hand um so you your guys' service definitely provides that and i advise anyone in this kind of situation to check it out inshallah and and check out your content as well uh with that said Barakal Fee for coming on Jazakallah khair And um, uh, We hope to see you again Inshallah sometime in the future uh, Assalamu alaikum Golden nuggets Oh Golden yes nuggets. Yes Golden. of course right, Yes a lot, of, a lot of stuff to to bring benefit Inshallah uh, But with that said um, Take care of yourself Assalamu alaikum